Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. He is just an obsessive goal scorer. But they have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And, and the Bernabeu brings it back! I'm, I've got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Good. Here we go, everybody! I'm being joined, joined by my House of Champions co-host, Michael LaHood, and of course, the hardest working and busiest man on social media around the Champions League stands, Fabrizio Romano. Fab, I thought your social media was awesome following you, watching these beautiful games, the atmospheres. How was the games? Thank you. It was amazing. It was really, really amazing for me. It's always a pleasure to be in Madrid. You know, I love the Santiago Bernabeu Stadium and I love what they are doing to refresh the stadium, to do something different. And so I think next year this is going to be very special, but the atmosphere in Madrid is always unbelievable and then for Milano was the biggest night in the last 20 years so very very special moment San Siro was incredible so really proud to be, to live in this city because football is on another level here I mean with the fans probably not the best quality on the pitch but the fans are insane so really good atmosphere yeah, the atmosphere was great for about, I don't know, 11 <laughs> minutes in that game. And then all of a sudden yeah. it changed very quickly. Uh, let's get into it. Anybody out there who is joining us, please make sure you drop in your questions. We'll try to get to as many questions as possible for Fabrizio. I see a lot of questions coming in about Real Madrid right now. We'll get to them mm. in just a minute. But sticking on the theme, Fabrizio, let's go to Rafa Leao. Obviously watching your social media, a lot of talk about Leao with this new deal and Milan being agreed, just awaiting signature. So give us details, please. Yeah, not the best week for Milan on the pitch, but I think off the pitch, this is an incredible news. This is like a top signing because Rafaleo contract was due to expire in summer 2024. So really dangerous situation. That kind of special player usually is difficult for Serie A clubs to keep these kind of players with one year left on their contract with a really low salary. Imagine that the salary of Leao on this previous contract was around 1 million euros net per season, plus it owns, but was an incredible low salary. So for football, of course. So yeah. this was a dangerous situation for, for, for Milan. But what happened is that after long negotiation, after long talks and difficult negotiations with player side, now it's done and signed. So Rafa Leao yesterday signed his new deal with Milan. The contract will be valid until June 2028, so it's a five-year deal. It will be a new salary for 5 million euros net per season, plus two in add-ons, so potential 7 million euros net per season salary for uh, Rafa Leao. And it will include a release clause, because there was a release clause in the previous contract, 150 million euros. When Chelsea approached Milan last summer for Leao, they always asked for the clause or nothing, and so it was protecting Milan in a way for, uh, for Rafa Leao. 
this new release clause is going to be 175 million euros. So the clause changes, same for the salary, new contract, and we'll wait for the official statement very soon. Fab, with so much being made in this Derby de la Madonnina, and I oh, look at my hands, I always do that when I say and speak Italian words, <laughs> with so much being made on the offensive end for both of these clubs, I'm keeping an eye on two players that have been outstanding in the UEFA Champions League, the goalkeepers, Mike Mignon and Andre Onana. Are there any chance or any possibilities that a Premier League club or any club around the world could come in and poach either of these goalkeepers? Because they're that good. Yeah, they are two fantastic goalkeepers and I think uh, your point is, is excellent because if Inter and Milan are now in the semi-final in the Champions League, is 50%, I would say, thanks to these new goalkeepers who are really helping them in, a, in not easy moments. And so, to, uh, to your point on the market, for Andrea Nana, we have to keep an eye on the situation. At the moment, there are no advanced negotiations. There are also so many links with Chelsea because one of the directors who is at Chelsea is uh, appreciating the goalkeeper in a special way. So they are monitoring him and they are keeping an eye on his, on his progress, but it's not something advanced at this stage with Inter. So nothing concrete yet, but on Onana, we have to wait and keep an eye on the situation. For Mike Magnan, I don't see Milan letting him go. I, I think he's worth more than 100 million euros in their mind and it's going to be really complicated to find an agreement with Milan. Also, Magnan is very happy in Milano. So I think Magnan is 100% staying at Milan in the summer. For Andrea Nana, we have to wait and see. He's very happy at Inter. Nothing is advanced. But, you know, if Chelsea comes with big money, this could change. But at the moment, this is not the case yet. Onana, seven clean sheets in the Champions League this season, the most by any Inter goalkeeper ever in Champions League history, which is incredible. Uh, Fabrizio, I don't want to move on to Chelsea just yet because I want to ask you and go back to this Rafa Leal deal. Now, how close was he? And I can't believe that there wasn't many a club chasing Leal and really getting close to trying to pull him away from Milan because of some of the goals that he has scored. Sure, he's had some injury issues, but how close was he potentially to getting away from Milan, maybe with a better offer? Was there any interest out there from a big club that maybe caught his interest? Honestly, interest is absolutely normal because it's normal for top clubs to follow this kind of special player, as you mentioned. But the most concrete possibility was not now, was not in January, was last summer, was August when Chelsea approached Milan. They really wanted to offer something close to 75 million euros plus add-ons or maybe a player included in the deal to tempt them for Lafaleao. And Milan said no, 150 million euros, the release close, or nothing. So that was the possibility. Then I think for left-wingers, uh, we already said that about Barashkelia. It was a few months ago. I think this is not a lucky moment in the market. Uh, it means that Real Madrid have Vinicius, Barcelona have many wingers. In England, Chelsea invested big money on Mudrik, and I'm sure they want to protect him. Uh, Arsenal have Gabriel Martinelli. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain have Kylian Mbappé, who loves to play on the left wing. So this is why I think, in general, for wingers, left-wingers is not the best moment on the market. This is, was one of the factors, I think, that tempted also Rafael out to say, OK, I'm staying here. Uh, I have the possibility to be consistent, to play every single game at Milan, an important club, who is going now to the next step, to the next stage, thanks to Paolo Maldini's work, and then maybe in the future to change and try a new, a new experience. Fab, I'm so glad you mentioned Chelsea Football Club. I feel like every time we're on here, we're talking something about Chelsea, the good, the bad, the ugly, the Chelsea. Let's talk about their managerial post that's vacant right now. Frank Lampard in it, but really vacant in the longer term. Mauricio Pochettino is a name that I've heard you tweet or seen you tweet. Are they any closer to a deal getting done? Yeah, it's really close. It's not done yet, but it's really close. Uh, from what I heard in the last 24, 48 hours, there were new contacts between Mauricio Pochettino and Chelsea. They're discussing about many details. It's about the future project, it's about the contract, it's about the length of the contract, some clauses, some plans on the players. So Chelsea want to be 
100% sure of, sure of the choice they will make on the new coach. And this is why the situation with Pochettino uh, was not that fast as expected. This is also why, for example, Union Langesman a few weeks ago decided to pull out of the race because he didn't want to wait and wait and wait. He was expecting this Chelsea uh, managerial process to be way faster than this. But Chelsea decided to, to, to take their time. And this is what they're doing also with Pochettino. But we can say that it's really close. It's about the final details now with an expectation to get it done in the next days. And so we can say that we are at the 85%, 90 percent of the process still waiting with the final details and then to the deal uh, completed in the next days it's very strange right now to be a coach um, especially around the premier league with so many changes there's a lack of loyalty and uh, signing contracts and making sure you get the right coach is always very difficult now for clubs and right now it's crazy with chelsea with so many different coaches in and out this door to have a future and a long-term future of that football club, they have to have immediate success. So that comes down to which players come in the door. We got a question coming in from KSA Man. He says, hello, Fabrizio. Is Chelsea interested in Ugarte? And is Caicedo one to watch for Chelsea? Caicedo has always been one to watch for Chelsea, already in January and will be in the summer. He's a player they appreciate. And so let's see now what happens with Pochettino. But I will always keep the name of Caicedo in the Chelsea list because before signing Enzo Fernandez in January, he's one of the players that they were approaching and we know that he was absolutely untouchable for Brighton. So they said no to Chelsea, to Arsenal. But I think in the summer will be time for a top move for Caicedo. So I would include Caicedo in the list at Chelsea. And for Ugarte at the moment, many links, but there are many clubs interested in this player, including also Aston Villa. Aston Villa will be really ambitious on the market in the summer, so we have to keep an eye on them. But also other clubs in England, everything is really open. Nothing has been decided. I'm sure his agent, Jorge Mendes, will speak to many clubs. And so at the moment, it's not that advanced. For Caicedo, I'm sure he's one of the names they are monitoring. Yeah, a player that everyone's been monitoring. And in January, it was big news that João Felix, on loan from Atletico Madrid, his future in doubt both in Spain and in London. Now there's rumors about a potential swap deal. Fab, are there any truth to that? And if so, which players could be make weight in that swap deal? Yeah, I think this is more kind of creative uh, idea that could be around this, this negotiation because First of all, there is still no negotiation between Chelsea and Atletico Madrid. They will meet at the end of the season and they will discuss. I think Mauricio Pochettino or any other coach will have a role at Chelsea in deciding what they want to do with Joe Felix. What we can say is that from what I heard, Chelsea, meaning the board, they're very happy with Joe Felix, with his attitude, with his performances. And the player is very happy in London. He loves the city, the club, the Premier League football. So the player will be really happy to stay and Chelsea are keen on keeping him. But now it's about the negotiation with Atletico Madrid. So let's see how this negotiation will go. The swap deal could be a possibility, but at the moment it's not something that they already discussed. So we have to wait and see on that one. For example, I saw rumors on Piero Bamiyang because it's true that he's one, one of the strikers that Atletico Madrid are appreciating and they're keeping an eye on him. But we know about Barcelona. Barcelona consider Bamiyang the most easy option uh, on the market for the summer transfer window, depending on the conditions by Chelsea, because they want the player for free, basically. So let's see how these domino strikers will go. But for sure, Chelsea are planning with Joe Felix as part of the squad for next season. And so it's about the negotiation with uh, Atletico Madrid in the next weeks. Uh, Producer Des is putting a great question right here in our rundown, talking about players being offloaded from Chelsea, including the name Kovacic and also Mason Mount entering their final year of their contract. But Michael Bills has jumped in the comments right here and he said, probably Pulisic and Ziyech will also be leaving Chelsea. Does that mean that Chelsea will go for another winger? So I guess the question to you from Michael there is, um, will those guys be leaving Chelsea, the four names that I mentioned, and uh, will they be looking for a winger to come in the door? 
my answer is the plan is to change these players and so to let them leave. But to sell players, you have to receive the right proposals. So uh, it's always easy to say Chelsea will sell 17, 20 players. Then you have to get the right proposals. Also because Chelsea, after what happened with many players last summer, for example, Lukaku, they don't want to accept loan deals everywhere. So at some point, some club has to arrive and put in real money, concrete money for permanent moves. So this is a crucial point. Let's see how many proposals will arrive. Some players are already out of the project. Obama Young, Ziyech, some of them already know that they have to go. For the others, like Polisic, they want important proposals. So let's wait and see how this how this uh, will evolve. And now they and then now they will discuss internally also about the players who are out of contract in summer 24. For example, my expectation is for Mateo Kovacic to leave the club because he has some possibilities, especially in England. And so this is a concrete possibility for Kovacic to leave Chelsea, but he's not advanced yet. And so what kind of proposals will arrive in the next weeks? We have to wait and see. For Mesomount, Mount, Chelsea will try until the end to extend this contract, to tempt the player, to find an agreement on new long-term contract, but Liverpool are there, Arsenal are also interested, so we have to wait what will be the negotiation with, uh, with Maison Mount. All right, we're 10 minutes in with the great and legendary Fabrizio Romano and myself and Michael Hood will be back right here on House of Champions in just a minute. Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Welcome back, everyone, to House of Champions. You enjoy Michael Hood, and there is my main man, Fabrizio Romano. Fabrizio, we got to talk about Jude Bellingham and Real Madrid because all the talk right now is what's happening with Jude Bellingham. Obviously, Real Madrid planning to swoop for Mbappe. I see so many mentions about Mbappe, Real Madrid, but it's Jude Bellingham I care about. And Jude Bellingham going to Real Madrid is something that we have been talking about for a long time on our show. What's the latest there? Yeah, to answer the question of our friend El Pibe, my answer is yes. Uh, I think that Jude Bellingham will, will be a Real Madrid player. Then they have a match point now because they have the agreement with the player. So this was the most difficult part of the negotiation. Uh, you know, when you go to sign these kind of players, it's really important to reach an agreement with the player side, with the family in this case, with the father of the player, Mark Bellingham, because there were many clubs involved. We know about Liverpool. Then one month ago, they decided to leave the race because they will invest money in a different way. Manchester City really wanted Jude Bellingham. So it was a very big race around this fantastic player. But Real Madrid have now an agreement, in principle, with the player side. It's a contract already agreed, all the details of the salary, all the closes. There could be a release clause of 1 billion euros, as Real Madrid always do for their stars. So they prepared the agreement with Jude Bellingham. And Bellingham said yes to Real Madrid. Everything is ready on player side. Now it's a match point between clubs because Real Madrid will go to Dortmund very soon. I think in the next weeks they will try to make it happen in May. They will negotiate with Borussia Dortmund and they have to find an agreement on the fee. This is not a detail, but usually is the easiest part of the job when you go to sign this kind of, of players. Also because the relationship between Real Madrid and Borussia Dortmund is an excellent relationship. This is another important point in the story. 
But there is another factor, is the timing, because Borussia Dortmund are now in the title race, as, in, as we know very well, and so Real Madrid want to respect the club. They don't want to create any problems, so they will try to keep things quiet as much as possible in the next weeks, but they will go there, they will be in Dortmund, they will meet Borussia Dortmund, and they will try to reach an agreement on the fee. So it's very, very advanced, but it's technically not completed yet. At this point in the season, there's many rumors churning, and I love rumors, just not about me, Fab, just not about me. <laughs> Real Madrid is always filled with rumors, and Ian, you hit on it. One player that was tied to Real Madrid, part one, and phase one didn't go that way, Kylian Mbappe, Fab. Could we see Real Madrid swoop in for the French talismanic striker? I think it's difficult for this summer, honestly. PSG are going to lose Kylian Mbappé. PSG are possibly going to lose Neymar because he will probably leave the club in the summer. So I think losing all three stars in the same summer is something not so realistic. So honestly, at the moment, I'm not aware of any negotiation between PSG and Real Madrid for Kylian Mbappé. I'm sure that the name of Kylian Mbappé will always be in the rumors with Real Madrid and possibly next summer this could be a topic. But for this summer, I think it's really complicated to, uh, to sign Kylian Mbappé and I'm sure that part of Paris Saint-Germain project, crucial part of Paris Saint-Germain project, is to keep Kylian Mbappé and build a different kind of squad in the summer around him. So I think this is more than difficult for this summer at least. All right, I want to turn to Barcelona, but I actually want to touch upon Lionel Messi. Um, maybe that's tied together? I don't know. You tell me, Fabrizio. George, Mende, uh, George Messi obviously coming out and denying reports that the deal has been done with the Saudi League. You know, if I was a betting man, which I am, I would say that Messi does end up in Barcelona. Um, but what's the latest on Messi? I mean, clearly he's got a ton of uh, opportunity here. He can go wherever he wants. Um, and the Saudi League, the proposal, I would imagine, is very profitable for him and his family. Um, but this is uh, Barcelona we're talking about here. The potential to finish your career at the club you started at is something unique and special. Yeah, first of all, I think the breaking news is that Leo Messi will play tomorrow uh, and we start tomorrow with Paris Saint-Germain. If you told me one week ago, I was not sure of, at all of that uh, of that kind of, of situation because we remember what happened. Now the situation is more calm after Messi apologized in public last Friday. So Messi will start with PSG, but as we know, he's not staying at PSG. And to your point, with Barcelona, the conversations between Barcelona and La Liga are still ongoing. They need the green light on the financial plan to register potentially and sign Leo Messi. But we know how complicated is this process. They have to sell players, they have to reduce salaries, and in this sense, a legend Sergio Busquets is leaving the club, but is also helping the club in terms of money because they will save a very big salary. Also, they have to register other players who are technically under contract at Barcelona, but not registered to La Liga. Gavi, Marcos Alonso, Ronald Araujo, all of them sign new deals at Barcelona, but they have to be registered to La Liga. So there is this process to complete, and then they will be able to make an official bid to Leo Messi. So this is the point. But Barcelona are still there, they're still fighting, and they're still trying to find a way to, to sign Leo Messi. On the other side, we know the interest in MLS, of course, Inter-Miami. They will always be trying. Let's see if it's going to be next summer or in the future, but they will always be there to tempt Leo Messi. And then Alilal. Alilal made the biggest proposal in the history of football. It was made in the first week of April, as we said here, 400 million euros net salary per season, plus sponsorship. <laughs> so we go potentially over 450 million euros net salary per season. So this is something really incredible. But Messi has not accepted yet. Messi didn't say yes, Messi didn't do anything. So it's an open race now. We have to wait and see. Let me say the final point. From what I heard, Messi is not deciding this week, next week, end of the season. He wants to win the Ligue 1 title with Paris Saint-Germain, then say goodbye and pick his future club. Respect. One, one player who recently said you goodbye, and you mentioned him, Sergio Busquets, 
will yeah. leave FC Barcelona. Big fan of him. He did so much for the modern game in his holding midfield position. But with Messi in mind, with other players in mind to bring world-class talent, the registration, which other Barcelona players could we see leave the Camp Nou this summer? I'm thinking the likes of Jordi Alba, maybe, Ansu Fati. Yeah, I think Ansu Fati is the most likely option in this moment because uh, they have many wingers. And in case Messi joins also in that position, they will have one more player. So for Ansu Fati, this is a, a particular situation. It's not easy because the father of the player a few weeks ago said in public he has to go. He's not happy with the situation. But then from what I heard, Ansu Fati wants to stay at Barcelona. So the player wants to stay, but people close to him are telling him maybe it's better to go and to play regular football in another club. The club uh, is also open to letting him go in case they receive an important proposal. For example, the agent of the player, Jorge Mendes, proposed a potential swap deal between Wolves and Barcelona, Ruben Neves and Ansu Fati with money involved, of course, for Barcelona. But uh, on Barca's side, they say no because they don't see Ruben Neves as the priority target in that position. They want a different kind of player to replace Sergio Busquets. So I think this will be a slow process it's not that easy also to convince players to leave Barcelona but Ansu Fati is one of them for sure and then they will look at other options I don't think to answer some of the rumors that were in the last few hours that Frankie de Jong is going to be one of them because Xavi considers Frankie as a crucial player Frankie is very happy in Barcelona so I think he's going to stay again at Barcelona also next season one or two more minutes with the main man, Fabrizio Romano. Let's get to come, some of the questions here. KSA man saying, my last question is about Chelsea scouting Emilio Martinez. Emi Martinez, the goalkeeper, is it true? But we also hear Manchester United rumoured with him. Yeah, many rumours because, of course, of his excellent workup. But at the moment, I'm not aware of any negotiation with Chelsea or, or Man United. That We have to, to wait and see. We said about Onana, another goalkeeper, for example, appreciated by Chelsea. At the moment, it's just about following the player, not starting any negotiation. But it's Mamardashvili, who is the Georgian goalkeeper of Valencia, who's doing very well in a complicated moment for the club. Uh, he also had some meetings with Leicester, really interested in him. So I think there will be an interesting domino of goalkeepers in, uh, in the market. Also, to his point about goalkeepers and David De Gea, the negotiation between De Gea and Man United is still ongoing, is going very well, but Man United could sign a backup goalkeeper with a good level to create some competition to David De Gea. So this could be the, the plan of the club. At Chelsea, the goalkeeper situation will be clarified, I think, in the next weeks once they will have a new coach in charge. Hmm. Fab, you've made me so happy mentioning the potential of replacing David De Gea. This is the best moment of the show right here. Thank you very much as a United fan. But my last question for you, we haven't touched on him. You mentioned him a bit, Neymar Jr. What does the future hold for him? Is he going to stay at Paris? Rumors that he might be on his way out. And if so, where does he end up and for how much potentially? Honestly, for where is really early because I was speaking to some sources in the last few days and nothing is, is, uh, is advanced at all at this moment. They have to wait and see when you have, as you mentioned, that kind of salary. It's not easy to find agreements and to, to sign a player like Lemar Jr., also a very long contract. So it's not, easy, it's not easy at all. But what we can say is that internally Paris Saint-Germain have discussed the position of Neymar. So at the moment it's just a Paris Saint-Germain discussion, internal discussion. And it's a concrete possibility for Neymar to leave the club in the summer. So let's see what kind of opportunities they will find. Because as we said for Chelsea, the same for PSG. They want to sell many players, to find solutions for many players. But you need proposals. You need important proposals for these players. Otherwise, it's not going to be easy to force them out of the club. But at the moment, for Neymar, it's just an internal discussion. And in the planning for the next season, there is a concrete possibility for Neymar to leave Paris Saint-Germain. 
Normally, I don't do this when people ask the same question 55,000 times in the comments, but I'm going to do this just for our man, Dan. He is desperate to find Cancelo news. Before we let you go, this is the last one, Fabrizio. Cancelo, I mean, very interesting because I think he's been pretty poor at Bayern. Bayern, maybe not the best fit for him, um, but obviously a fantastic footballer and uh, maybe finishes the season as a German champion. Yeah, I see many rumors, Arsenal, Barcelona, many, many rumors, but trust me, nothing has been decided yet. And as you mentioned, he's a fantastic football player, but he needs to play. He needs to play and he needs to be in the starting 11 every single weekend, a guaranteed spot. He doesn't like the competition. So Cancelo has to play football. And this is why he wants to take some time before picking his future club. I think he's going to explore his options at the end of the season, not now. Uh, as you mentioned, with Bayern, they are never going to pay 70 million euros by the option close. So he's returning at Manchester City. And let's see if Bayern will maybe try to find a different kind of solution with City. But at the moment, nothing has been decided. In general, I think Cancelo will try to find the best option to be a regular starter next season and not have any kind of problem maybe with the manager or these kind of situations because he just wants to play football. Golf club for our main man, Fabrizio Romano. Thank you as always, Fabrizio, for everything you do. Please make sure you go follow Fabrizio across his social media platforms. Make sure you follow him on YouTube as well. This man doesn't stop. I thought I worked hard. I thought Michael Hood vacations hard. But Fabrizio Romano, <laughs> wow, this guy is on a completely another level. We love you, Fabrizio. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See you soon. See you soon, buddy. All right, let's move on, Mikey Mike. Uh, we did obviously get to see Morning Footy. It has been um, a revelation in the world with 24-7 soccer. Now having Morning Footy to wake up to and watch a discussion about soccer, it's always great. But Gary Neville interview this morning on Morning Footy was very interesting. Picking up on a Jude Bellingham conversation from what we had earlier with Fabrizio Romano potentially making that move to Real Madrid. Neville said he understands why Manchester United is not an attractive proposition for the player. Take it's only really uh, Bruno Fernandes that's excelled as a, as a signing that's come in and, and really done well. A lot of the other signings that have been made in the last five or ten years have struggled to meet the expectation levels that you had expected from them when they signed. So I think that when Jude Bellingham looks at, say, for instance, at the moment, uh, Harry Maguire, who was an expensive signing, who was well thought of, when he looks at other examples in this last five or ten years about how Manchester United have developed players, I think that that, that to me is understandable why you would look at Manchester City and Real Madrid. Before we do go to break, I need to get your opinion on this one. Your thoughts, Michael LaHood. It's quite interesting to hear Gary Neville talk like that about his beloved Manchester United. Yeah, I think it's honest. I think it's a very honest assessment. The club has been disarray. It's been 10 years since Sir Alex Ferguson left. And one of the things that Fergie was adamant about was not just having the experience, the old guards, but reinventing the team with young players. Fergie was a believer in young players and getting young British talented players to come in and change the club. United have lost their way, but keep an eye on the top four race. If they get back in Champions League, if they get the trash out, Harry Maguire, I'm looking at you, then there is hope for the future after all. I think having Tin Hag there is every opportunity for them to continue to get better and better and be a much more attractive um, club for, for obviously to pull the best players in. But you've got to be playing Champions League football and that's the most important thing. you also got to develop the team around these best players um, there. It's crazy to listen to Gary Neville. When I was at United as a schoolboy, Gary Neville was just breaking into the first team. And I had the whole group right ahead of me at United. I had um, like right ahead of me was like Wes Brown and then ahead of him was all, all of that group. Scolzi, um, Giggs was already in the first team, but Scolzi was there 
there. Neville was there. His brother was there. Bex was there. And now you're listening to these guys, basically. I mean, they're all multi-millionaires, incredibly successful footballers, but basically now hammering Manchester United for the situation they're in. Uh, before those boys became legends, it wasn't exactly in the perfect position either. Um, he also went on to, to react and give his opinion on the takeover bids and his mistrust of U.S. private equity. Take a listen to this. There are, is the Jim Ratcliffe bid, there is the, um, the Qatari bid, and then there are a number of US uh, investment funds like Carlisle Group, uh, Elliott, that have come forward and said that they would put funds into the club. I don't want private equity money into hmm. an English football club, I'll be really clear. I, I, I don't think it works. I think that football is about emotion, sport is about emotion. I accept that in my life, I have, believe it or not, in, in Manchester, I have a partnership with a US private equity fund. And I believe in other sectors of life that, that, that I love international investment. But I think in football clubs, you can't go into it purely because you want to see pounds and pence return or a dollar hmm. return. I think you have to go into it because you want to invest in the team, in the sporting project. And when it comes to the current bids... At this moment in time, I've not seen the pledges, but I think Jim Ratcliffe uh, has its merits, the state-owned state, uh, the state uh, uh, bid or the Sheikh Jassim bid, I think has its merits. Let's wait and see. My main concern at this moment in time is that the Glazer family sell and that they remove themselves from the club. They'll make a lot of money. Well done to them for that. They've proved to be very astute business people, but now it's time to hand over control because the club has deteriorated under their ownership. Yeah, great comments right there from Gary Neville. And also, I'll add, his book is fabulous. It's a great read. Oh, he yeah. clearly is a successful businessman. If you get a chance to read it, Mike, you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. But as a businessman, he's incredibly successful. And his brain has always been on another level. Your thoughts on his comments, sir? Uh, similar to the first part of it, I'm really on par with Gary Neville. Love his vision for the club. I mean, he's a United fan through and through before he was a professional footballer and United legend. I'm there with him. In a bit of a way, look, the world is changing. Football is changing. Private equity firms are part of the equation and minority investment. My biggest concern is if a private equity firm starts getting larger stakes into a club because you need someone who's passionate. You see the disaster that just imploded with someone who took over a club at Chelsea Football Club to make money and who has no clue about football. That doesn't bode well if you're a historic club like Manchester United. Don't want that in my club. All right, we're going to wrap up the show. When we do return, a quick break from us. We're almost over, but stick around. We've got a big discussion yet about the championship playoffs coming next, right after the break. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. If you're a US-based fan of the beautiful game, Paramount Plus is an absolute must-have subscription from Serie A to the Champions League to NWSL and so much more in between. Not sure it's for you? Then you can try one month for free by using the code EUROPE. Welcome back into House of Champions. Enjoy with my co-host Michael LaHood. Just the two of us today here. We've given the boys some time off to recuperate after a UEFA week, but we're hard workers. And also, yeah. Mike's been on vacation for 14 months, so he's, he's happy to be back <laughs> into work. Let's get into it because the championship playoffs, and here are a few things to look forward to this weekend. 
of course, it is the playoffs in the championship. And then once we get to that playoff final, it is the most lucrative game, I would imagine, in the world of football. But there are a couple of great games to look forward to. Sunderland against Luton, Coventry City against Middlesbrough. Let's begin with Sunderland. You know, I've got no idea who's going to win this game. I'd love to see Sunderland do well, but I've watched Luton a few times this season. They've been very good. They've been fun to watch, a little bit dangerous, hard to beat as well. In fact, they haven't lost in the last 14 games. It's going to be a tough, tough couple of games, obviously, for Sunderland. Well, these are two teams who have really kind of neck and neck in terms of recent form. Sunderland as well, I think, unbeaten in their last nine games. And a player as a United fan, Ahmed Diallo, doing very well at Sunderland, as well as the youngster Clark. They provide the goals. I think they've been involved in about 36 goals in terms of goals and assists for Sunderland attack. They're a team that spreads the wealth in terms of getting forward, players contributing in attack. But for Luton Town, look no further than Carlton Morris. This guy is a goal machine. He leads a team in goals and assists. The one-man show, a team committed to defending and teeing it up for Morris. I played at Luton one time. It's an absolute hole. It's so difficult to play in that stadium because the locker rooms are crap and the field is so close to the sidelines. The fans get on you. It's very difficult to play there. Um, but it is a cracking team they've got right now, Luton. I'm really a big fan of Carlton Morris as well, 20 goals this season. Speaking of goals, Coventry against Middlesbrough, both the two league's highest goal scorers. Uh, obviously, I don't even want to pronounce both of their names. Uh, Mike, you can go ahead and do it. 28 goals and 21 goals, respectively. Both clubs have the highest goal scorers. But this is a game that is very interesting to myself Coventry City my father used to play at Coventry oh, so I'm that. excited to see yeah he did back in the day when Jimmy Hill was the manager that tells you how old oh, he is <laughs> that's brilliant well an interesting stat for you when it comes to the championship playoff fourth place is the magic number in I think two of the last three seasons fourth place has gotten promotion via the championship playoffs the fourth hmm. place team Middlesbrough Middlesbrough the last three promotion opportunities they failed Yes, they got promoted by winning the championship outright, but promotion has not been their best friend. This time around, I think they could have a change to their fortunes. When you have a leading goal scorer in your ranks, that is everything in these big games. But sometimes it's the unsung hero that steps up because there's so much focus on the leading goal scorers for either team. I see how Mike dodged the names as well. Chuba Atpom, he was the goal scorer who's got 28. <laughs> Go ahead. And then Victor, is it Jerokores? <laughs> I would say Guy Cores, but, you know, I don't know. Producer yeah, Desert. He's Hungarian. On he's Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move over to La Liga. Barcelona can clinch uh, La Liga title against Espanyol, obviously. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Serge Busquets can pick up his 32nd, if I'm not mistaken, title. Um, not domestic title, but obviously trophy at Barcelona. Uh, what a career he's had. But Barca, far too good in La Liga. You expect him to get it done against Espanyol in a little bit of a derby this weekend? Yeah, get the champagne on ice. I think Barcelona, they've shown up in the biggest games in La Liga. They've had a couple blips throughout the season, injury woes, but the consistency of this team has to be applauded. This was a team that was in absolute disarray. We were talking about, should they get dock points? I still think they should. Involved in scandals with referees. I still think <laughs> they should get dock points, just to remind you about that. But it's what you do on the pitch that does the most talking. You can't take away anything from what they've done on the pitch. Robert Lewandowski's move from Bayern Munich to La Liga is being rewarded and going to be rewarded with a La Liga title. He's still not being himself, though. 
Levin uh, yeah, he, still he helping himself. Yeah. I watch more Barcelona because of Levy. And, um, you know, when I see him there, just, you know, it doesn't fit for me. I wish he'd go back to Bayern. But whatever, he's getting older now. And we respect the goals that he scored. Certainly looks like he's going to pick up that title and he deserves it as well. Over to Italy we go. Uh, looking forward to the action this weekend, obviously because there is a top four fight um, for these Champions League spots. Inter against Sassuolo, Spezia against Milan. In the table right now, Milan are fifth on 61 points. Inter are fourth on 63 points. Then you've got Lazio on 64 points and Juve on 66 points with Atalanta in that sixth spot on 58 points, a little bit behind. It's getting very competitive for the Champions League spots here, Mike. How do you see this playing out? Well, it's so difficult for both of the Milan clubs because the further you go in the Champions League, the more that your depth is going to have to be relied on. AC Milan or Milan. Obviously, people just get hammered for saying AC Milan and the likes of BT Sports. So we're not going to go there. But Milan, they haven't really ro- – they've rotated, but they don't have the same depth like a club like Inter have. And Inter, they've been a house on fire. Keep an eye on the club – like Lazio, who don't have European competition. They have been the biggest yo-yo team in Syria this season. They've shown up against the big boys, but have struggled as of late in terms of consistency against the Minos. For Milan, they play, I think, against Sassuolo. That's a trap game. Last time out, Sassuolo demolished him, put five on him. That was against a weakened Milan side. I expect Rafael Leal to play some part, maybe come off the bench, get some minutes to tee things up for the all-important Champions League clash, Derby clash between these two. And for Inter, keep an eye on Romelu Lukaku. I think he gets a start. I think he continues with the goals at the weekend. I will say this, though, about teams that are mid-table in every league right now with nothing to play for. It's always very frustrating because you never know which teams are going to play, whether they care, whether they're already on vacation mode as well. And with Sassuolo, they've been pretty poor on the travels, um, even though they are a good club and I do enjoy watching them play. Nothing to play for here. I worry about them in this game. Um, I'm actually going to just jump in and get to a few comments before we do leave here, Mike. Amy's jumped in and saying that Inter Juventus won't make it into the top four here. Um, she, no, she's saying, let's go Inter. Juventus won't make it into the top four here. Just don't want to confuse anyone right here. And then Rafa saying, I can see Inter dropping points to Sassuolo. They're the bogey team. So he agrees with you there, uh, Mike. But I want to go to this comment here coming in from Josh Thorpe because we saw this while Fabrizio was here. I didn't want to ask it because I wanted to do a bit more research in it. But I'm going to ask you about it because I think it's important to talk about. Sadio Mane with his time at Bayern Munich and a potential move to Chelsea. The rumors are out there and people are talking about this more and more and more and more. It's not been a good fit for Sadio Mane at Bayern Munich. Your overall thoughts there? Do you think it's probably time for him to leave and go back to the Prem where he looks like a better player? Uh, Certain players just fit certain leagues and certain environments and Bayern Munich is not it. It was never it for Sadio Mane. This is a player that I think left Liverpool because he he felt underappreciated. This is a player that I think wanted to probably stay and continue the glory hunting that was Anfield and that is Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp. You see the this is the void that's happened in Liverpool's attack. Although Liverpool have caught fires of late, but he was all important. I thought he was their best player last season. He fits the Prem much more. The flexibility of coming inside, outside, functioning as a forward or a winger it just fits i just hope it's just not chelsea come to united we'll play you at striker but i could see this happening 
I don't know. After watching him play for Bayern Munich, I'm not sure I'd want him at Manchester United, especially considering he played for Liverpool. That's an interesting uh, comment right there. Seven course. goals in the Bundesliga this season. He has scored three goals in the Champions League, one in the German uh, Pokal, and then one in the German Super Cup as well. So 12 overall for him uh, this season for Bayern Munich. And it's simply said, not been good enough. Uh, Mike, a lot to look forward to next week. Obviously, the Champions League second legs. Um, we're looking forward to it as well. But before then, we do have an awesome weekend to look forward to. What's your plans this weekend? Where are you going? What are you watching? I'm going to my local pub. Um, that's what I do. <laughs> usually you can find me there. And just I usually don't have a match particular in mind. Obviously be watching Manchester United at the weekend, be watching Newcastle and what they do in that top four race. But I've got my eye on the relegation battle. Biggest game I'm keeping an eye on, Everton versus Manchester City. That could be the trap game for City and could be the game that opens another title race of grander proportions with City and Arsenal you I just opened a door here and you just like basically kicked that door through and went back to the Premier League and I was thought you were going to say MLS here there's some great no, games coming up in Major League Soccer including are. Rivalry Week New York that Derby was- coming up this week you know what I mean yeah, you know, I, I got my Austin FC scarf. Don't even know which way is going. We'll be watching Austin FC versus FC Dallas as well. Big <laughs> game, game that yields goals. Two teams that are going to be highly motivated. They hate each other. The team from up north, I-35, Austin. Obviously, I work with the club. Keeping an eye on that as well. But first, Manchester City versus Everton. That's the game that I'm keeping an eye on in world football. Let's get to Mike's priorities as he's got the Austin scarf and the Leeds United (laughs) scarf behind him. Uh, Get yourself to the pub, mate. Enjoy. Great work this week. It's great to have you back. Obviously, your photographs are on vacation. Everybody out there, go and follow Mike on his social media platform. Where can they follow you, Mike? Uh, You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael LaHood. You can always catch me here on House of Champions, uh, blathering about about my two scarves on either side and United as well as other clubs around the world. And you can catch me on some upcoming projects I can't tell you about, but uh, keep an eye out on all your feeds. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to House of Champions. Take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Also available as videos, so subscribe to us on YouTube as well. We'll be back again next week with a preview and a build-up to the Champions League semi-final, second legs. We can't wait for it. To all the boys, thank you for their great work this week and to producer Des as well. But to our uh, listeners, our loyal listeners, everybody out there who's commenting, we appreciate you. To Fabrizio Romano, everybody who's had a hand in making this week a successful week. We thank you. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week.